Hey friends, I have a new ad partner that I think you're going to love because I already love them. And that is Stitch Fix. Stitch Fix sends style so good that you can feel it. They deliver all the confidence that comes with a truly amazing outfit without any of the work. With Stitch Fix, you get a stylist who understands your style, your size, and your budget, and they do all the shopping for you. It's the easiest way to transform your wardrobe. I feel like they just get me. They do get you. They just knew what would look right on me, and I hate taking stuff out. Yes. So it's like Christmas when you open that box, and you're like, how did you know? Exactly. It is Christmas, and I cannot wait till my next one. So go ahead, take the leap, do Stitch Fix, get your own personal stylist, and feel as bougie as we do these days using Stitch Fix, but not for a crazy price because they get your budget. Get started today at stitchfix.com slash naked. That's stitchfix.com slash N-A-K-E-D. Stitchfix.com slash naked. Hello and welcome back to the Naked Marriage Podcast. We are Dave and Ashley Willis. And on this podcast, we address the truth about sex, intimacy, and lifelong love. And we have an awesome episode today, continuing on with our series called Naked and Healthy, which is based on our book, Naked and Healthy, which has been out a week now. And if you don't have your copy, you can still get it at nakedandhealthy.com. But in today's episode, we're going to address toxic thoughts. Toxic thoughts. Yeah, we've got a lot to say about it. The way you think has such an impact on your marriage and on every part of your life. This is a main theme in the Naked and Healthy book that Ashley just talked about, uh, where we talk about mental health, physical health, spiritual health, and marriage health. And uh, and mental health, of course, it's a really, really big part of it. And so we're going to dive into what that really means. So let's start. You know, the Bible says, as a person thinks in their heart, so are they. There's so much power in the way that we think. And the Bible has a lot to say about what healthy thinking really looks like. Um, There's so many verses, so many passages. I know we've been talking a lot about our book, Naked and Healthy, which is about health mentally, physically, and spiritually, and health in your marriage. That's a great resource to help you think new thoughts. But I also want to mention another new resource available through Exo Marriage, which is a devotional on the book of Proverbs that I just wrote called Think Like Jesus that goes directly in line with what we're talking about today. How do we have a healthy mindset? How do we have thoughts like our Savior wants us to have? And so you can get that Think Like Jesus devotional. It's 30 daily readings, um, and you can get it at Exo Marriage, or you can also get it on Amazon. And it's just a few minutes of reading a day, but I think that it points us back to scripture in a way that can help us think new healthy thoughts. I love it. And please get that devotional. It's so good. David studied the Proverbs, really our entire marriage, like the whole time I've really even before we got married, you've always studied the Proverbs alongside like whatever else you're reading in the Bible. And um, I would even venture to say he's an expert on the Proverbs. So I'm so glad to see that he finally wrote this devotional that's been on his heart. And I I believe, you know, it's the book of wisdom and it it truly will bring more wisdom, godly wisdom into your life when you, when you read that. So definitely get your hands on that. Well, it, it, it changed like not to just keep talking about it, but the reading the Proverbs changed my thought life yeah. more than just about anything else, because it just shows you how we're supposed to think, how we're supposed to act, like what life is supposed to look like and what relationships and finances and what health is all supposed to look like. It's all right there. Yeah. And so it's, it's so helpful to me. I just wanted to create a resource to point other folks to it, to find that same that same health. But we're not just talking about the devotional today. We want to talk about you. We want to talk about your marriage, your life, your thoughts, and how you can, you can have healthy thinking. That's right, because our thoughts shape our life. 
I mean, they really do. And, and thoughts are powerful. I mean, they really are powerful. And, and I think that, you know, in the Bible, one of my favorite uh, verses about thinking is, you know, taking your thoughts captive. And I, I love that, that visual because it's basically saying, you know, don't let your thoughts capture you is another yeah, way to look at that yeah. because I know what it feels like to have my thoughts capture me and to be ruled by my thoughts. And, you know, I've talked on here, I'm not going to camp out on this too much because I talk a lot about it in Naked and Healthy. I talk a lot about it through our other podcasts. But when I was going through a four-year battle with anxiety and depression, I literally felt like I had no control over my thoughts. I did. And I just every day I'm feeling the weight of that, feeling the sadness, feeling the anxiety and, uh, and, and just racing thoughts that were just taking over my life. It took my energy away. I mean, I didn't even feel like the same person. I literally like the commercials say with uh, medicines for anxiety and depression, it says like, do you not enjoy the things you once enjoyed? I literally didn't enjoy the things that I had once enjoyed. And I, I just kind of, I felt like less than half of myself. And I felt like I was losing in all aspects of my life and especially in our marriage. And, and it was just so debilitating. But I'm telling you those verses about taking my thoughts captive and replacing it with God's truth, I would cling, I mean, those are verses I would cling to. And I wanna say this, one of the most powerful things that I was encouraged to do, and I believe Dave encouraged me to do this, my counselor encouraged me to do this, and another resource, I know we're sharing lots of resources today, but there's a book called Praying God's Word by Beth Moore. And in this book, she encourages you know readers to do this and actually has a perforated uh, cutouts where you can actually do this very easily. But what it is, is, is putting God's word on cards written out and then placing them where, you know, you're going to see them because when you are in a battle for your mind and it is a battlefield, you, you have a hard time clinging to that because there's so much vying for your attention. And, um, and, and so for me to take those negative thoughts captive, those shameful thoughts captive and replace it with God's word. I needed to see it. I'm a very visual person. I needed to see it around me. So I posted these scripture cards in my car. I posted them in the bathroom. I posted them on our bedside table. I still do this sometimes. I've gone through seasons where I still do it and literally just surrounding myself, you know, with his word. It says in the word too, to write, write his word on your walls. I mean, that's kind of what we were doing is just surrounding myself and our family with his truth. And it helped me. I mean, little by little, those thoughts were, you know, they were just pushed out by God's word. And that's what we have to do. We have to get rid of toxic thoughts because you may not be in the middle of a battle with anxiety and depression, but you can still have, you know, Dave calls it stinking thinking. I think somebody coined that term years ago, but like it, it really, it really shapes your life uh, in a negative way when you're constantly just having, allowing those thoughts that are negative and that are not from God to kind of make a little home in your mind. And that's what they do. And those are the thoughts that, that are your go-to. Like if you constantly think I'm never going to get through this, or I'm always going to fail at this thing, or my marriage is never going to get better, or my spouse will never love me like he loved that old flame, or, you know, this situation that we're going through in our home is just never going to get better. We're always going to you know, face these demons in our life. Like it, when we constantly have that thought as our go-to, then then we're going to feel defeated. But when we replace those negative thoughts, those toxic thoughts with God's word, we're going to feel uplifted. And, and again, it's going to shape our life 
towards God's will and not towards the negative things. You know, when I was going through Christian counseling, I remember my counselor telling me that literally thoughts make a ridge in our brain. And so it's kind of like the road. It makes a little road in our brain and, and it tends to be a go-to. And so for us to change those thoughts and make a new ridge, make a new uh, path for those you know neurons, we, we have to really have these new thoughts. And I'm telling you, it works. It's a real thing. It's not only, uh, you know, something in your mentality. I mean, there's a physical response to this. Oh yeah, for sure. Like your thoughts are powerful to shape, very to, to literally shape your brain and then consequently to shape the way you view the world, right. the way you act, the way you think, the way you feel. So we need to, we need to take our, our thoughts captive, like, like Ashley said. And we do that. We do that because I think sometimes we feel like, well, I don't have any control of what I think. Like I'm powerless over what goes into my I head. I felt that. And we've all felt that at times. But, you know, I, I read a book um, by, by Max Lucado where he, uh, he's, a, he's a great pastor and teacher. And he said, you're the air traffic controller of your, your brain. Yes. He said, you know, you can't control which, which things are just kind of shooting overhead, what birds are flying overhead, what crazy straight thoughts are flying around. But you get to control which thoughts land in your brain and also which ones have to take off and leave. Mm-hmm. And so, and you might think that's overly simplistic, but I do think we have such power to determine which thoughts get to stay in our brain, which ones get to land there and stay there and live there, and which ones have to take off and leave and go somewhere else. And if we're feeling powerless there, I think part of how to like recharge our, our mind and give us the power spiritually and mentally to do that, and we talked about this in a previous episode about spiritual health, is to really put God's word in our mind. Let God's word be what shapes yes. our thinking because that's the that's the one place we can always trust to be true. Mm-hmm. In a world where it's hard to know what's true, what's real, God's word will never lead you astray. And when we put the Bible into our minds, whether we're reading it or we're listening to an audio Bible somewhere, when we're putting his word into our mind, it, it heals us. It heals our minds. It shapes our thoughts. It gives us more strength to be able to, to control and, and be kind of the gatekeeper of what's coming in, what negative thoughts are coming in so we can keep them out. And God wants you to be able to have peace in every part of your life. So yes. if you feel like you're living in chaos, even though the world around us might be in chaos, if you feel like that chaos has made its way into your brain, into your life, then it's time to do things differently because yes. Jesus came to give us peace. And he He doesn't want you to walk through life feeling all the chaos of the world. He wants you to have peace in the midst of it. That's right. You may have heard us talk about this. I, I had a book come out uh, in last April called Peace Pirates, where we talk about what God's peace really is, because I do think that we have such a misunderstanding of what peace is. We just think it's the absence of chaos, but that's not it. When you study the Bible, peace literally means breaking the authority that has been established by chaos in your life. So it's really what we are allowing to have authority in our life. And God is the only one we, we can trust with having authority, true authority in our life, like where our life is going. We wanna go you know, towards his will because he's our creator. He made us, he brought us our spouse. He gave us our families. You know, We want to trust him because he's the one who created us. And so whenever we feel like we're just you know, being just shaken to the core in our life and that there's nothing we can do about the chaos. We have to cling even even harder to the Lord and know that that he's going to break that authority. It, it may not change our circumstances. We may still have, you know, people who don't want to get along with us. We may have workplaces that are crazy. We may have people in our own family who are trying to to just cause strife in the midst of our families. But even so, cuz we can control those things all the time. 
we can still cling to the Lord and know that he's our authority. And when you cling to God and you know he is greater than whatever it is we're facing and that those thoughts, those people, whatever it is in our life that we feel like is 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 kind of toxic, that we we can we can give the authority, surrender our life and and be right under God's authority and know that he can bring us personally and as a couple he can bring us peace because we can have peace in the midst of the chaos because peace is much more about what we're giving authority to and you know I just love that image because we see this all throughout the Bible when when you know we even have the disciples on the boat with Jesus and he's at peace while they're all being shaken around because he's at peace with God I mean he himself is God the father and the son and you know they're all freaking out and they're like Jesus why are you not freaking out And he kind of looks at them and he's, you know, I kind of imagine him being like, I'm with you. Why are you scared? Like, I'm, I'm the son of God. Like I'm, (laughs) I'm the savior of the world. But you know, he, in that moment, he kind of lets them feel it for a little bit so that he's like, look to me, cling to me. I'm your peace. But then we know as, as the story goes in the Bible that he does calm the storm and he says, peace be still to the waters and the storm immediately goes away. And that's how God works. You know, sometimes he gives us the peace, be still. He miraculously, you know, helps our finances turn around. He miraculously brings peace to a relationship that's been broken for years. He makes our wayward child come home. And, you know, those things do happen. But more often than not, he actually just calms our hearts and brings us yeah, peace in our hearts. Exactly. And it's a peace that is in the Bible, it says is beyond understanding. We can't make sense of it because it's just a gift from God. And peace is a, it's, it's a, a gift of the Holy Spirit. It's one of the fruits of the Spirit. It's probably my favorite fruit of the Spirit because I feel like when we're at peace in our mind and in our heart, and it is a mind-heart kind of peace that God gives, it, it's like we can, we, we can face any trial because we know that God is our authority. We know that He's in control. And even if everything seems to be falling apart around us, that He's gonna use it for our good and His glory. And ultimately, everything is going to be okay because we're with him and we're in line with him. Man, that is so good. You might just want to like rewind. I don't think people rewind anymore, but listen to that <laughs> part again. Yeah, and, and because we we need to be reminded of these things. Like so, so many of the truths in life that keep our thoughts head in the right direction, it's not learning something new as much as it's reminding ourselves of, of something we yes. already know. You know, God's word has been unchanging since the beginning. And, and so it's not like he's keep editing it, editing it and rewriting and adding to it. He's reminding us of it. And the more we go back to it and remind ourselves of those truth, truth, the stronger we can be. And I think part of what keeps us on that path is just you as a husband and wife, you know, you've got a, a, a great advantage in this area because, you know, a, a single person, um, you know, they might not have that person that they can, they can bounce thoughts yeah. off of. And it's someone that's walking so closely with them that they can see or sense when something is off. But with you and your spouse, you can check in with each other. You can say, you know, something seems like maybe you're discouraged or you're, you're distracted or you're anxious. What can I do to help? What's happening in your mind? Let me know, like, what are you thinking? What are you feeling? Let's process this together. Let's pray about this together. Let me encourage you right now. Let me share what I'm going through and let's, let's do this together. And there's such strength in that. You don't have to do it alone. I mean, we, how many times have we had these conversations, you know, and it all started, you know, when I went through that bout with anxiety and depression, it was towards the early years of our marriage and Dave would come to me. And at first, I'll be honest with y'all, I did not open up to you. And it wasn't because I didn't trust Dave. I totally 100% trusted Dave, 
but I, I just felt ashamed. I think there's, yeah. you know, the enemy would love to keep everything you're feeling in the dark. He wants you to sit with your nasty, toxic thoughts. I mean, imagine yourself in the midst of a junkyard with sewage all around you, just sitting in the muck of your toxic thoughts. That's what he wants for your life. But God says, no, you come out dirty as you are, stinky as you are, with every toxic, horrible, horrendous thought you've ever had, and you bring it to me, and I'm gonna make you new. Yeah. I'm gonna make you new. And and I, you know, God, God used Dave in my life during that time to to really bring me out. And and Dave's right, you know, when you have a spouse, that that's what we need to be for each other. That we are that safe place. I can't I mean, I, I know we say it all the time, but we're that safe place that will love each other no matter what and really bring whatever we're dealing with to the light. And these toxic thoughts do need to be brought out into the open first with God, you know, go to God, confess it to him. He already knows anyway. And just say, Lord, I, I can't get these thoughts out of my mind. At least I feel like I can't right now. Please help me renew my mind. You know, give me strength, Lord. Give me a new mind. You, you say I'm a new creation, that the old is gone, the new has come. Help the new come into my life because I keep on clinging to the old. You know, help me loosen my grip. Let me let go of these things. And then give me the strength and the and the the courage to go to my spouse and tell my spouse what I'm dealing with. Because you guys, I mean, these these kind of moments when we're dealing with some really toxic thoughts, it's hard and it sometimes can be embarrassing you know, to share that with your spouse because it can be awkward, especially if you haven't really been having these honest conversations for a while. But let me tell you, it can be really a game changer in your marriage because it really gives your spouse this access to to your life that maybe you haven't given them before and it brings you closer. It yeah. really, God brings you closer. I mean, those hard moments are some of our closest moments, I feel like, where we really grew through it. I mean, it, it's not easy. And it, like I said, it can be kind of messy, but just bringing your spouse into what you're dealing with and then then taking it further and getting the healing, you know, whether it's counseling or, uh, you know, whatever it is, whatever next steps you need to take to get your mind right. Um, it, it's, it's really amazing what God can do in bringing a couple together through that. Uh, it really, really is. So lean into each other, lean into God feed your mind the right things and uh, and check in often when you feel like your your thoughts are, are leading you astray uh, and just center yourselves back on the truth of God's word. You'll be heading in the right direction. One goal we've had as a family lately is to try to just eat healthier and junk is sometimes more convenient and we're eating unhealthy, not because we want to, but it's just because it's what's easy to grab. But then came along Thrive. That's right. Thrive Market is helping us in really simple, practical ways. And as a Thrive Market member, we save money on every single grocery order. On average, we save over 30% each time, which I mean, I don't know about you, but I love saving money. They even have a deals page that changes daily and always has some of our favorite brands, which right now we are loving the Hum brand, Zero Sugar Kombucha. And so check those out. Go to Thrive Market, join in on the savings with Thrive Market today and get 30% off your first order plus a free $60 gift. Go to thrivemarket.com slash naked for 30% off your first order plus a free $60 gift. That's Thrive, T-H-R-I-V-E market.com slash N-A-K-E-D, thrivemarket.com slash naked. I love 
learning. I know that sounds nerdy and dorky, but I just love learning. I love understanding history and how things fit together and what's happening in the world. But if you're like me, you're busy and it's hard to learn. It can be expensive to learn. Maybe you want to keep learning and growing. You're like, I don't know how to fit that into my schedule. I got the perfect solution for you. And it's Hillsdale College. Hillsdale College is a world-class accredited university that's offering some of their core courses for free. I mean, absolutely free. They're just wanting to spread knowledge here. I'm telling you, it sounds too good to be true, but it really is true. They're making it possible for you to learn about world economics and things like ancient Christianity, which I highly recommend. It's an 11 lecture course where you study the inspiring stories of Christ and his apostles and the faithful ones throughout the first centuries of Christianity, plus learning the the basics of Christian apologetics. And guys, you can do this for free. I'm so excited about what Hillsdale does. I love their commitment to faith and values, and you can take part in this by going to hillsdale.edu slash naked to enroll at no cost. And it's easy to get started. It's H-I-L-L-S-D-A-L-E dot E-D-U slash N-A-K-E-D to register. That's hillsdale.edu slash naked. Well, that leads us to the Q&A time of today's episode. And again, thank you for those who send in questions at nakedmarriagepodcast.com and also um, write us on social media. You can find us Dave and Ashley Willis on Instagram and also find us on Facebook. We'd love to connect with you there. Today's question is this. It says, I really enjoy your show and I'm so thankful I stumbled upon it. My question is, How do you feel patriarchy and submission play into the roles of husband and wife? As a husband, what kind of authority and biblical headship do I have? So this is a question. It is a great question. This is something we've talked about um, in more detail uh, in a variety of places, past podcasts, um, videos, videos, YouTube. Right. So, so we, we have talked about this and it is in in today's world and in today's world, uh, we, you know, we look at, we, we look at the Bible as true and unchanging and relevant to every part of life uh, and also understand that the time in which it was written, the place in which it was written was a very specific culture and time. And so the truth of it is unchanging, but we, we look at some of, some of what was happening in the Bible and the time and the culture and the place and saying, you know, what is equally applicable to where we are today. The passage that, uh, that, that this person's referring to um, is it comes from several places in the New Testament, uh, specifically Ephesians chapter five and a few other places as well, where God lays out a model for marriage where a husband is listed as a head. Christ is the head of the marriage. And then it says, and the, the husband should be the head of the wife and the wife must respect and even submit to her husband. And those words of headship and submission really now kind of rub people the wrong way sometimes because in, in this 21st century in which we live where there's, you know, you know, women are, are equal and, and empowered and, and, you know, wh- what do we, what do we do with words like that? And so I'll give you just a few, we've again talked about this in more detail, so we won't do like an exhaustive um, scripture study. Here are a few things to, to factor in. Number one, uh, Jesus is perhaps the greatest, most radical respecter of women in all of human history. If you look at throughout history, I'm convinced you will not find another individual who did more in his time, place, culture, and then for history beyond his culture to elevate the role of women than Jesus did. He lived in a culture and time when women were looked at as little more than property. They had no rights. They didn't have a voice. They weren't allowed in the synagogue. 
uh, a man wasn't even supposed to talk to a woman that he wasn't related to. And all through scriptures, Jesus is befriending women. He is, he is healing women. He is talking to women. Um, you know, one of his longest, uh, his second longest recorded one-on-one conversation in the Bible is with the woman at the well in John Mm -hmm. chapter four. Uh, we see Jesus all through raising the value of of women to the point where even it was women who were the first witnesses to his resurrection. Uh, And it was at a time when women's testimony wasn't valid in a court of law. Jesus is saying women's testimony, their voice matters so much. It matters infinitely. So some people look at Christianity as a whole with this broken mindset, taking some some thoughts and views out of context that somehow Christianity is, is misogynistic or holds women down. When really, I would argue biblically, culturally, historically, that that Christianity and Jesus specifically has done more than any other leader in all of human history, and of course, he himself is is God in the flesh as well, uh, to to elevate women. So, with that, we lead into this specific question about headship and authority. This whole passage about authority and headship it begins with the call for mutual submission. It says husbands and wives submit to one another out of reverence for Christ. So the first picture of marriage we get is it's like a husband and wife are two wings on the same bird. Christ is the head of that bird. He is the one who's leading us. He's the one who's who's steering us. And we work in, in concert with each other as husband and wife in complete partnership, in complete unity, and in complete submission um, serving one another. Now that isn't to take away from there is a very specific call and 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 for husbands to have this role of, of headship. But when you look at the way that spiritual authority is defined in the Bible, it says, you know, the, the Gentiles, the non-believers, so to speak, they look at authority as a role of, of power and of being able to control others. But authority, the way that Christ established it, is really rooted in service. And so when I see this call to headship as a husband, I don't see it as this authoritarian view that I can have to boss my wife around. I see it as the Bible points out that I'm called to love and serve my wife as Christ loved and served his bride, the church, where he gave his very life for her, that I need to be willing to live my life in such a way that I would be willing to lay down my life for her. That's the kind of responsibility that comes with being a husband, that I'm that sort of servant and protector and leader by my example. Now, there is an aspect, I believe, of leadership that is on a husband's shoulders, which means he will have a higher level of accountability as we all stand in judgment before God someday of how we led our families into a closer walk with the Lord, how we protected our families, how we were the chief Christ-like servant, how we in in many ways were the lead follower in our family, that follow me as I follow Christ, as Paul said in one part in the New Testament. I think that's what a headship role means for a husband is saying, I want to lead us as a family and as a couple closer to Christ. I want to do it by the way I serve you. I want to do it by the way that I protect you. And I'm asking for you to, to support me and pray for me in that role as I do that for our family. Yeah. That was so well said, sweetie. I don't know if I can add anything else to it. I I, I will say this really quick though. uh, And I don't think this man was asking from this perspective, but we've seen where some husbands, and I think this is why this has gotten a bad rap in our society, even among Christians, is there have been some husbands who have taken that verse and, and really have used it in an abusive way, not necessarily physically abusive, but they've been mentally and emotionally abusive to their wives, throwing around this verse and saying, well, I'm the head, you do what I say. And we've seen this ruin marriages. Literally, we have friends who now the husband has regret and says, I totally misunderstood 
what this verse was saying. And I was basically cruel to my life, my wife, like a, a bully almost. And that's not at all what God calls us to, because before he even, you know, talks about a, a husband being a leader in any way, he talks about the love, the love that he needs to have for his wife and the the sacrifice that he should be willing to make for his wife. And so it's a sacrificial kind of love that is leading that kind of leadership in the family. And so it is an important question though, because I do think that, you know, submission, just that word alone just makes people have a bad taste in their mouth. But when we really look at what God was meaning in those verses, it's a beautiful thing. It's a beautiful thing for both to be submitted towards Christ and to serve one another and for this hedge of protection to be over us first and foremost from God, but then a husband being that protector as well. Yeah. It's a beautiful picture. It is. And I, I think in, in our culture context, submission, people think submission and they think of UFC fighters yeah. wrestling each other to submission where one just surrenders because they've yeah. been beaten down and they think, well, that must be what submission is. And it's it's not. Biblical submission is an invitation for someone else to lead. And submission here, husband and wife, we invite Christ to lead us first and foremost. That's what it means to submit to him. And then it, within marriage, there are times where in that spiritual leadership where God is saying, I want you to support one another in this. And I want, I want, husbands, you to create such a safe environment for your wife by the way you serve and protect her. And that wives, you create a safe and, and inviting atmosphere for, atmosphere for your husband by giving him space and giving him the support and respect to, to lead your family into a closer walk with Christ. And if you'll all do that together with the mutual attitude of service, love, and submission for one another, then Christ is going to be at the center of that marriage and your marriage right. is going to thrive. So there's there's more to it. You know, you can find kind of more on these kind of topics um, in, in, our, in our books, Naked and Healthy, and our Naked Marriage book, as well as some of our past podcasts and, and blogs we've written. But hopefully that'll kind of give an answer to an often misunderstood concept. So I, I appreciate the question. And we appreciate yes. all of you for listening. Thank you so much for being faithful listeners. Um, and you made it all the way to the end of the episode. A lot of those people just, they quit halfway through. They don't even know what they missed. But here you are at the <laughs> end of the episode, still listening. Good for you. Extra stars, extra brownie points for you guys. We appreciate you so much. And uh, we'll look forward to seeing you next time. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.